0: Guests and ghouls, and welcome to Quest Friends Hereafter, an improvised fiction podcast using the role playing system Under the Neighborhood. I am Kyle, he, him, and today I, my four best friends, and some dice are going to tell you a story about the nightmare of running a school sports team.
1: Hello, I am Ari. I play Kike, the opportunist who adapts and creates copies. I am she, her, and Kike is he, him.
2: I am Emily, and my pronouns are they, them. I play Irene Hawthorne, the necromon trainer who overextends. And her pronouns are she,
3: her. Hi, I'm Tom. My pronouns are he, him. And I am playing today Hilda Mishkiewicz, the guardian who pulls pranks and escapes. Pronouns she, her.
4: And I'm Hallie, pronouns she, her. And I am playing Sparky Malarkey, the intuition who investigates and has a mascot suit. Pronouns also she,
3: her. I keep forgetting the mascot suit, to be honest.
0: Yeah, me too. The mascot suit might be relevant. Who knows? I mean, it's relevant to today's session, but I don't know if it will ever come up. Like, I don't know when Hallie's going to bring it up. Who can say? Uh, who can say?
4: Oh, I don't know what I'm going to bring it up. It's going to be so baller, though, when I do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so at the beginning of most of our adventures, we do a slice of life complication. This is a mundane thing that, when combined with our fantastical ghostly supernatural setting, spirals into fun adventures. Normally, you would assign the slice-of-life complication to somebody else. For today, though, all of you are going to be at Valley Public Schools, the school system for the Valley, which is this desert-like city slash town where you all hang out in the realm of the living. So, because you're all going to be in Valley Public Schools, I want each of you to suggest a complication for the school district as a whole.
1: I think Emily wants to start. Pick me, pick me.
2: I went to a Valley Public (laughs) School. (laughs) One complication that is very authentic to my experience as a child is that, like, in the Midwest, they have snow days. Yeah. But for us, sometimes it would be so hot that we couldn't go outside. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, no. So... It's one of those days, and the teachers are legally not allowed to let the kids go outside for recess.
0: (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. The worst part is that you do have an indoor gymnasium. However, the indoor gymnasium is shared among the three schools that hang out in like a U, and it's in the center. And this is about our extracurriculars. (laughs) Yeah, and I don't think the school would let you... Even though it's a short hike, it's still a hike to get from the school to the gymnasium. So I think they would just say, you can't. You can't use the gymnasium. You have to do your little Pokemon duels in the English classroom. May God have mercy on Mr. Jimothy's soul. <laughs> okay, that's Emily's suggestion. What else we got? Um,
4: The school found a new food sponsor, and so now they have to figure out a way to incorporate, like, Gogurt or lettuce into every school <laughs> lunch because that's part of their sponsorship. With I don't I don't have a hypothetical
0: company. Gogurt. Gogurt, but it's uh, spelled G H O because it's ghost yogurt.
1: <laughs> to build an Emily's, there's only one set of air conditioning in the entire school, and it's somehow in the computer lab, which is <laughs> something that I, we oh, had oh. in my school, where it was also a really hot town.
3: Oh. so it
1: was only inexplic- probably to make the computers not explode because they were- are more important than the kids oh. uh, and the rest of the school has no air conditioning, only shitty fans No. Oh. Uh, so that is to build on Emily's the one I had was less sad it was more, there is an underground jousting club in the middle school <laughs> just specifically Jeff's but it's hard to figure out which one it is because there is an official school one that like people claim that that's what they do when they go to Joustic Club, but they know that there's some kids that are trying to make it better.
0: You have the Necromon Dueling Club, and then the Human Dueling Club, yeah, and then the Secret Human Dueling Club, yes. Does the Underground Club have like the little horse head on a stick, yes, where they're like galloping? Of course, it does. <laughs> All
3: right, Tom, what's yours? Vice Principal Seth Keyhole is investigating something around the school. Nobody is entirely sure what. Some people think that he's concerned with how violent all of the clubs are at this school, jousting, (laughs) dueling, the other dueling club. But other people think that maybe he just heard that someone said a mean thing about his daughter who also goes to this school.
0: (laughs) Okay, so here are our complications. It's so hot that you legally can't go outside and there's only one AC in the school and it's in the uh, computer lab. Vice principal Seth Keyhole is investigating the violence of the after school clubs. <laughs> there's an underground jousting club, which is different from the official jousting club. And then finally there's the new food sponsor, which is go spelled G-H-O-Gurt which needs to be integrated into everything.
4: The only one I don't like is my own suggestion, (laughs) but I would really like to do all three combined. I don't want to give up on jousting. I don't want to give up on the vice principal desperately trying to find the root of the violence in this elementary school, middle school. uh, And I really want to not go outside.
2: I feel like these all tie together in that now yeah. all our after school activities have to be in the school. So then the vice principal can come look around at all the different clubs. Yeah, you can just like Pink Panther
4: across the whole school.
2: And, you know, the underground jousting club has to figure out how to meet under the radar. Like, ah, oh, yes, we are part of the real jousting club and the real (laughs) jousting club members are like who are you hey
0: tom did you have any plans for this
3: session do you want to
0: investigate a jousting club
3: i mean she might have no plans now she might just be trying to flee
4: (laughs) that's a plan you know trying to flee is definitely a plan it's a mood for sure yeah
0: okay okay She's at that age, you know, where you just want to flee. No, don't. not do this. <laughs> not again. I can't make any promises, but we will try all of them to some degree or not. Yay! Irene, you can feel the sweat just dripping off of your skin and the ba-dump, ba-dump, ba-dump slamming into your skull before you even open your eyes. When it's a school day, do you uh, wake up just of your own volition? Do you have an alarm? Uh, what does it look like when Irene wakes up?
2: Irene wakes up of her own volition, but also sets five alarms just in case. <laughs> Each one one minute after the other. She doesn't <laughs> snooze any of them. She wakes up, but she has them as an insurance policy.
0: Do, uh, do any of the necromon go and just like lazily turn it off? I think they take turns, if I may suggest such a
3: thing.
4: Uh, Pokio has a little trumpet that they play, because Pokio is all about chop-chop, both food and hustle-wise. I feel like the
1: reason why she said so many alarms is that Malaya will just destroy the ones as they sound. So she doesn't snooze the alarm, because there's no alarm to snooze by the time (laughs) (laughs) that they're all done.
0: So, resetting the scene... Morning dew, sunlight goes in. Beep, beep, beep. Mossies roll off, turn on the snooze. We hear a, bum, 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 and the mossies are hurdled into a pile of other broken alarms. Not because Irene doesn't clean them up, but because those are the broken alarms of this morning. <laughs> and then, boidel rat picks up more of this junk. And anxiously awaits for Irene to open her closet so that Boidle Rat can throw it in on the other trash. Because she's made a little nest in the closet.
2: Irene's tired. (laughs) (laughs) But her children are up.
4: (laughs) Uh, Pokio is trying to get everybody ready for the day because Pokio obviously is the unofficial leader. So Pokio's going around and... (laughs) Oika! Oika! Bossing people around like a military person.
1: Malia will try to punch as the orders are said.
0: Okay, give me, give me competing roles. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Fierce versus fierce.
1: So.
2: Can we say that perhaps? Irene is attempting to separate them.
0: Yeah, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's
1: not like an actual to hurt punch. Oh, no, no. It's it's like like a a shut up punch, but might be a little bit uh, harder than- I
0: feel like Malaya's shut up punches are still (laughs) WHAM! (laughs) Head into the ground. Malaya doesn't know his own strength.
4: That is true. Like my nephew Jason when he was a toddler, he just didn't understand that he weighed an amount. And that amount hurt people if he hurtled himself at them with full speeds. Oh, well, I got uh, kneecaps. So (laughs) I got the double ones. (laughs) I got a four. Pokio probably screamed like "Ah!" (laughs) when the the punch came down and did that little like cartoon zip behind something (laughs) with a dust cloud behind them.
0: Dylanoib! Dylanoib! Boitelrat Rat is going to run up to Pokio with their face in the ground with something from her nest, with a uh, a little cane. A little like hospital cane for Pokio to get up with.
4: They will use the cane to drag themselves up and regain their composure, which was never threatened to begin with. <laughs> they attempt to
2: use the cane, but Irene, not noticing what Boitelrat Rat is doing, oh, no! assumes that she's just... Pulled this cane out again, as Boidel Rat does,
3: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> and grabs it. Oh no.
4: And tosses it back in. Oh no. <laughs> Pokio falls face flat on the ground,
0: <laughs> gets up, whamp, right back down.
4: <laughs> this is not a good morning for Pokio. They get up rubbing their little nose, and they're just like, <sighs> and now they're moping. Irene will scoop them up. I know what words
1: you said. They were not nice. Valea is Valerius crossing his arms at Irene. Apologize.
4: Mmm, Liam.
1: Just says it really mumbly. Just
2: Irene puts Pokio down with a look to like play
1: nice is gonna do a little patch
0: (laughs) after you put that down you hear a very soft but very measured and professional knock on your door god something like
4: hasn't even fucking spoken I'm furious who knocks like that god Irene
2: will sigh and yank open
0: her door I need you to roll keep your cool
2: so that is with slick correct
0: that is with slick yeah i
2: have zero it doesn't matter um that would be a three it's a one
4: and a two nice
0: so take an ap yes how does irene feel when she leaves the room and she could swear she hears explosions she feels like she doesn't want to hear those explosions But like, how does she, she fails to keep her cool. So does she yell? Does she fall over? I feel like she trips a little bit.
2: Like not, not a full fall, but almost the more embarrassing because there's like a longer period of flailing rather than just like a straight down to the ground.
0: (laughs) You walk out and there's an explosion of confetti in your face (laughs) and party blowers. (laughs) And you hear a voice say, Happy first day of school! Stella, seriously? Well, you gotta celebrate. Hey, 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 and Irene, this ghost... Who has a very eclectic '80s style? So she has like short buzzed hair, a loose t-shirt that's hanging over one shoulder, leggings, and two bare feet that end at a single ghostly point. Uh, this ghost woman leans her arm over you and is like, "Hey, hey, hey! What'd you think of me doing a uh, Aubrey's knock? Did it fool you? Did it get you? I've been working on it."
2: <laughs> Irene is just dead faced. No response. Just stares at Stella.
0: Stella looks at you back, but like kind of like, you know, her eyes are really squinted. She's like, yeah, I got you.
2: It's too early for her to be hitting the deadly nightshade, but (laughs) Stella's a rogue agent.
0: Come now, Stella. Our younger sibling is more perceptive than that. From the kitchen, this other figure in his mid-late 30s with lovely long black hair that's braided and slightly shorter than your father's because I never mentioned this, Earl has beautiful long hair but also a bald spot in the middle of his head. Um, This large person with a round body, chiseled chin and a beige professor-like suit turns to you and just motions and says... Say go, go, Kegoa. Come, come. I have to get your hair ready for your first day. I mean,
2: you don't have to, (laughs) Aubrey. You could just
0: not. No, no, your hair is long and it is beautiful and (laughs) it is respectful to have it braided on the first day. Come here, come here. And she gently gets up and holds out a chair and motions for you to sit down.
2: Irene sighs super, super loudly. That sigh that you sigh when you want someone to know that you're sighing and like flops down into the chair and her hair is still that like short, scraggly, poofy bob. One side's a little more sticking out than the other because she was sleeping on it. She's so tired.
0: Aubrey immediately gets to work on your hair and Stella gets up to you again and is like, hey, hey, you know how you could, uh, know how you could fix this? And she points to her hair, which is just buzzed all the way down. (laughs) Look cool, too. I
2: don't have the head shape for that.
0: Aubrey says under her breath, Oh, that didn't stop Stella. And Stella just, ah! I'm going to say does a Hallie yell. (laughs) Wow! You never understood art! And she floats away as your father, Earl, walks in with a beautiful, big smile and says, Well, I'm glad to see that everyone's up. Do you want to tell me who uh, these people are, Emily? These are Irene's good siblings. (laughs) This is Stella and Aubrey. Stella and Aubrey are in their 30s. They actually spent a while living at Puerto Baenas, but recently moved in with you. I don't think Earl would have told you this, but it was conveniently around the time that your older sibling did a trial against you for murder. The other two miraculously appeared and didn't explain why and didn't explain how, but all three of them are terrible liars. So it was clear pretty quickly that Earl asked them to come in the aftermath of all of that.
2: Which is ridiculous because I don't need anyone at any point in time.
0: Now that's that's an that's an I mindset. And there's no I in artwork. <laughs> <laughs> Stella is an artiste. She has been doing art for a long time, and a couple years ago actually died as part of an art piece. <laughs> <laughs> Which, to be honest, Stella dying as part of an art accident didn't surprise anyone. Despite her extremely small and thin figure, Stella doesn't evoke fragility. Which is good, because both before and after dying, she's injured herself a lot with scars that are more than cut deep. She's got a nose that sharply bends one way, at least one missing finger, and eyes that are always wide and bloodshot. When Stella died, she came back as one of the dead as a ghost. Now, ghosts are people who died with unfinished business. We don't really know what Stella's unfinished business is. Not because it's suspicious. Art. Yeah, art, art. Obviously, Kyle. Her unfinished business is art. What kind of art? What does that mean? She doesn't explain. It is just art. And instead of moving to the hereafter, like other people who died, she has just spent the past couple of years bumming off of Aubrey's couch. Aubrey is kind of a TED talker. Think Elliot, but wanting to actually help people rather than being just a up-their-own-ass shithead.
2: Think Elliot, but like, not a (laughs) neo-Nazi.
0: One important thing about Aubrey is I describe most of his features, but one notable thing is that he has beadwork earrings and these beadwork earrings largely use two colors to kind of represent Aubrey's experience as someone who is gender fluid. What this essentially means is that is, uh, is Aubrey a man? Is Aubrey a woman? Yes. yes. The answer is Yes. Aubrey uses he and she pronouns interchangeably as long as it is a he or a she or a variant thereof. It is okay with him and it's okay with me. Now Irene and Irene's family are Ganyangahaka or Mohawk. So there was some discussion behind the scenes of whether or not we wanted to use two-spirit, which is a term that some indigenous folks use. However, two-spirit is not a synonym for gender fluid. It's its own related thing. And it's, uh, you know, United States indigenous cultures are not a monolith. And so when it came to Mohawk folks, some folks use two-spirit and some folks don't use it. Uh, That was a long explanation. The point is, you've got two twin siblings. Unlike Elliot, they only got their GED one year early rather than two. But they're still aggressively competent. And in the time it took me to explain that, Aubrey has finished breeding your hair. It's like to her chin, it wasn't hard to finish. It's true. Uh, I'm going to say Aubrey actually did it, stopped, and then redid it to just make sure it was perfect. All right, well, you are looking fantastic, Irene. Is it because her hair fits her head? Is that why? (laughs) Stella, Stella, you know I didn't. (sighs) I'm going to go handle that quickly. And Aubrey gets up as Earl just gently sits down with a big old smile and looks at you.
2: Irene does not smile.
0: (laughs) Well, your hair looks nice there, kiddo.
2: Thank you. It is hair.
0: Right. So, uh. Uh, first day of school, you excited to see uh see all your friends again? Like uh that uh that really nice rival girl, right? Is that what you call it? Do you call them rivals?
2: She is not my friend. She is my rival. It's just that for she's <sighs> she'll be my rival again. I'm just waiting. She's busy.
0: Goodbye, father. <laughs> Oh 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 okay. okay. Well, uh, d- d- wait wait wait, uh, don't forget as you're leaving Stella, Aubrey, you got to uh, get get Irene to the bus stop. I can go to the bus
2: stop on my own.
0: But can you though? Stella is on your <laughs> other side just looking at ya.
2: Irene does angry little grabby hands.
0: Yes. Aubrey nudges your elbow with his elbow, which is in like the, you know, the formal like ball lock arm pose, and just nods at you. Ready to go, Irene?
2: Goodbye, Aubrey. Goodbye, Stella. And she stomps out, gathering up all her little Necromon on the way out, ignoring them if they're following.
0: You go to shut the door, and you notice that Aubrey has already held it open for you to leave. <laughs> she just doesn't say anything else.
2: (laughs) Just a thousand yard stare (laughs) and continues to ignore them.
0: All right. I'm not going to go through the back and forth of them following you to the school bus and then uh, making sure you get on. Live
2: your dreams, Kyle. And (laughs)
0: doing the wave and like, you know, the the waving till you're gone uh, and reporting into Earl.
2: Irene, when she gets on the bus, like puts her hand up and pretends not to know them as they're waving.
0: You you definitely hear whispers. Oh. Right,
2: I Irene have a have a cool day there. She tugs on the end of her short little poofy braids.
0: Be careful, Irene. You don't want to cause it to fray. She shuts her eyes and breathes. And go back to that place of sweat and squabbling necromon and the bump, ba dump, but dump. Right there, kids. Welcome on the bus. Uh, we got one more stop before we make our way to Valley Public Schools, which is this episode's announcement break. Before I start with today's announcement break, I want to thank Walter Studios, which has been where Emily and I have been recording our episodes from this point onwards. And it's just, it's a really convenient space. It's got a bunch of art stuff, and it's got a really, really cool restaurant. That is not a phenomenal pitch for Walter Studios, but uh, Walter Studios is really cool. Uh, It's owned by my in-laws. If you're in the Phoenix area, I'd highly encourage you to check it out. I'll put a link in the description below. One thing that we're actually going to be doing at Walter Studios is that at 8 p.m. Central Time on Valentine's Day this year, Emily and I will be streaming a game of Star-Crossed which is a tabletop role-playing game about star-crossed lovers. So if you're interested in joining us on our, I guess, streamed date night, you can follow us at twitch.tv slash questfriends. So if you've been up to date, you'll notice that this episode is a week late. So what did I do last week? Well, to Patreon subscribers, I uploaded the episode that we guested it on for escape this podcast which is the promo i'm doing today escape this podcast is a mix between tabletop role-playing and escape room puzzles each week a group of guests is brought on to solve an audio only escape room full of twists and turns and locks and keys Escape This Podcast makes every one of their games available for free so you can take on the role of game master and run them for your friends and family. As I said, we did a show of Escape This Podcast. It was a kind of a Goosebumps inspired game where we were stuck in a tiny dollhouse and it was a lot of fun. I think the one thing that really makes this kind of format unique is that in an escape room, there are lots of rules of, well, you can't touch this, you can't break that, you can't try to bend, or, you know, you're, you're very limited because there are real, tangible things that can be broken. In the theater of the mind, you can try whatever the fuck you want, which, at least for me, was an awful lot of fun and led to some creative solutions that would be impossible in a real-world situation. So, if you're interested, you can find the show at escapethispodcast.com or check out all their projects, including the murder mystery show, Solve This Murder, at consumethismedia.com and I'll have both links below. That's all I've got for you today. Our next episode, Irene's Rival Part 2, will be releasing in two weeks on Monday, February 5th. But if you'd like additional podcasts, short stories, or behind-the-scenes clips, you can find them at patreon.com slash questfriends. I'll see you there. A lot has happened in the past few months for you all. If you are listening or reading the transcript and want to recap, we did a recap episode a couple of weeks ago that went over the entire first arc. Yay! The short version is there was going to be a tournament for Necroman dueling, and then Irene got accused of murder. So that kind of had to be taken care of. And Irene's eldest sibling, Elliot, was the prosecution. Since then, you all went to the World's Fair. This is a big fair held in Necropolis, the kind of mega city in the hereafter, which is where you go when you die. While at this fair, a couple of things happened. Sparky and Hilda met Pint and her father, Beer Steinsman, who is a quote unquote fixer. Sparky then thought that she saw her ex, Lucas Bang, and fled the scene, which through a bunch of shenanigans caused Hilda to get in the sky.
4: To get in the sky. To get
0: in the sky. How'd you
4: get up there?
0: <laughs> get down here. Sparky then got another child from Kike because Kike brought yeah. his uh, Sabrina and Sabrina, which are Ariel, who is now a senior in high school, and then Unwin, who is nine and a half. But Ariel disappeared to see a musician called Sochi. Kike. Freaked out, dropped Yunuin with Sparky, and then headed to infiltrate Ariel and Sochi. Unfortunately, by the time he got there, it was too late, and Ariel was fully under Sochi's spell, and soon enough, so was Kike. We got some flashbacks. Sochi was revealed to be Kike's daughter, the first kid, that he looked after with his platonic partner, Mateo she is a siren which is someone who can influence emotions and she is a pop idol and she sings all the time so yeah he tried to separate her from ariel but somehow sparky and booker also ended up in the sky and then they ended up crashing on PK. <laughs> Finally, Boidle Rat saw a little stuffed Boidle Rat at one of those carnival games, which was led by Rube Goldberg, the zombie of Rube Goldberg. It was a rigged game that was set to fail, and the Necromon were going to be turned into little puppet dolls. But through things that happened, Rube Goldberg got turned into a doll instead, and you fled the scene. Yay! You all then met up at Die Hop, which is a restaurant slash library where everything is crepes. And once he kind of got to Kike left the scene to go find Ariel, who hadn't returned. He had a heart to heart with Sparky. Sparky was like, hey, you don't have to do it alone. Kike's like, well, I'm not going to ask for help, but if you want to help, I'm not going to stop you, essentially. But before they could leave, they ran into this mysterious figure who was revealed to be the incarnation of death, who gave Kike a letter. And that's where we ended. So I want to ask everyone, what have you all been up to since then? What's been going on in that period of time?
1: I mean, when we stopped, we stopped in the middle of Kika trying to go get Ariel. So like, what happened there?
0: Yeah, so in that time, you were able to find Ariel. They were with Sochi, who pulled the whole, no, 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 come on, let's hang out a little longer. Uh, You eventually got Ariel out of there, but Sochi pulled one of those. I'll talk to you soon kind of things. Okay. In that time, Ariel has been texting or something. Yeah, I don't. Do you want to sleuth and see if Ariel has been in touch with Sochi or? Yeah, I do. Okay, roll. I kind of want to do investigate like it's a crime. (laughs) It's the only thing that makes sense. I'm actually going to do understand because uh, investigate needs a specific crime.
1: Is there? I don't know. I don't think there's an argument to use like natural hunter, right? Because
0: <laughs> unless unless you're stalking Ariel for like an in-person meeting, okay,
1: probably not. Uh,
0: I don't think so. <laughs>
1: But since it's the new, it's a new adventure. Can I use the my skill be sleuthing?
0: Oh uh, yes, yes, yeah. you can have your skill be sleuthing. Absolutely. Okay, and then is it sleuthing just because this is such a big priority to you? Yes. Okay,
1: but also. I have to roll my loaded die. Yes. Because I forgot, and I have I can roll with advantage because
0: <laughs> I have my advanced move. Yeah. Do your loaded die, and then tell me what your new critical success and critical failure are.
1: So my da- my loaded die, I got a ten. Okay. And then for the other thing, I guess I want a double three as success and a double four as a failure.
0: Okay. Three's for success, four is failure. Got it.
1: I rolled a five, but I want (laughs) to use my loaded die to make it a (laughs) ten.
0: To be a ten. Well, is it? Do you just have like a, a backups on backups?
1: Yes. Yeah, like the first strategy didn't work, but then he remembered that that was also the case on late attack stuff sleuthing adventure where he was sleuthing on his knees when he wanted to see if she was with someone that was up to no good. So he was like, "Ah, yes, this failed too with him. So now,
0: <laughs> okay, I will
1: do this other thing."
0: Yeah, Ariel, you gave Ariel the late attack stuff book, but I guess they never read it.
1: They never read it. <laughs>
0: Okay, so understand. You have a question. You can ask me a question, and I will answer it.
1: I mean, I want the question to be if they are still in contact with Sochi.
0: Yeah one one day they're with you, kind of not engaged. Unwin is listless, just just trying to get attention. Arya leaves, and you see a message on a uh, WhatsApps, the French Revolution chatting app. <laughs> Fine, sure. Yes. You see a message on WhatsApp that is labeled by a different name. It doesn't say Sochi, but the name has a little Sochiel flower emoji by it uh, in the context.
1: Yeah. Does it have the flower and an X?
0: Uh, yes. Yes, it has the flower and an X. And the text is with a lot of emojis and emoticons. But where there is actual text, you can read... Don't worry about it. Well. What Poppy doesn't know won't hurt him.
1: Oh, man. Okay.
0: <laughs> Tell me more about your musical.
1: Oh, man. <laughs> well, I am. I am. I am concerned. He's concerned. He is concerned about this. I don't know what move he can do after this. Uh.
0: Oh, yeah. What, what are you? Tr- is there anything you're trying to do?
1: If there's like a later like, oh, you know, we'll see you at... The brewery (laughs) is a week or something, some location, something that he can like, ah, fancy meeting you here, my family member, like, oh wow, what a coincidence that we are here, I am here meeting with you today, let's casually drag you away from this place.
0: I know the secret passages at schoolyard. Poppy will be so distracted by all the boring old facts that he won't notice if you slip away. Ah. And that's the last message you see before Ariel picks up the phone, looks at it, and chuckles to themselves. God. Okay. So they're going to meet, I think, uh, next month is going to be the Skullyard tour of the college that you are going to go to with Ariel and with Unuin, because Unuin warmed her way in.
1: Okay, he will make a note of this.
0: Before we move to Sparky, I have one last thing. Uh, Kike, you got a letter from your buddy Death. So Death is a Grim. Grim are avatars of death that before Bite took over and started working in their ports used to ferry people to the realm of the dead. So death is just like it's Kin the Boatman from Cryptid Cryptids. It used to ferry souls to the afterlife and now it's out of a job. Uh it gave you a letter.
1: A letter. I read the letter but that actually is private, not in the vicinity of Sparky. Oh yeah. There's some things that are not still in the vicinity of Sparky.
0: The letter is your good buddy, Mateo. I figured. Who has spent some time hanging out in the afterworld. So when you die in the here, you go to the hereafter. When you die in the hereafter, you go to the afterworlds. The afterworlds are comprised of a near infinite number of layers, all of which are considered strange and dangerous. Chaos incarnate, so to speak. And so the Afterworlds are fully cut off from most people. But most people don't have their mail personally delivered by death, like you and Mateo do. He's been exploring the Afterworlds and at the end of last arc, you sent him a letter that was basically saying, hey, I like read your journal that you were putting in Booker. What, why, who, and how is (laughs) happening. And I want you to roll me convince somebody with books.
1: (laughs) Okay. I got, with books, I got a nine!
0: Okay, a nine, that is a mixed success. So, Yayo, yeah, it's great to hear from you. I can't tell you everything fully in a letter. It's it, And it, 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 quite literally, there is so much uh, information I could tell you. The short version is, there are things out there. That are causing problems. I wish I wish I could tell you more about them. But as we know, our grim friend isn't perfect at evading those with eyes who want to see all. W- what I can tell you is that I was doing some investigation here in the afterworlds towards dangerous figures. You might call them legendary Necromon, but I would know them as something else. Uh it, it's all a bit grim, honestly, so uh. You know what? Tell me more about yourself. Uh, Specifically, you said you heard this in a book. I'd love to know about the book. And I need to know if you've seen our daughter lately. Ah. And that one uncharacteristically ends in a period. Oh, man. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) period. Uh.
4: That feels so much more aggressive in a letter.
0: (laughs) I don't know why. I'll add one more thing, just because I did do a bunch of other complications, because he can't literally tell you everything. He'll also say uh, something along the lines of, I'll tell you more soon. I need to get myself someplace safe.
1: Oh, well, because my response was going to be, are you safe? But I guess (laughs) he's not, so... If there's a way that I can have a, send a response.
0: Yeah, 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 no. Uh, de- death appears right when you finish reading it. Just, so It doesn't say sub. So.
1: Timely as always. So I want to have a letter just being like, I was gonna write asking if you were safe, but seeing the last part of your letter, my guess is you're not. Uh, please write to me as soon as you think you are. And if you know a way for us to meet or to have a more expedient way of communication so that I'm not worrying this entire time. P.S. I'm not sure the book is following one of the kids that is around me lately. Uh, (laughs) She likes chemistry. You would like her. P.S. P.S. Our daughter is around and causing trouble again. Hence, I need to talk to you about things uh, in person sooner rather than later. Let me know when you're safe k no y that is that is not k q okay actually all of this is in character he's trying to sign <laughs> and it's so distressed that he starts with a k even though his name does not starts with a yeah k thanks bye he crosses <laughs> that then he puts y for Yeo, and then he crosses and he puts a q and then that's it stay safe
0: okay So it's been a fun month for Kike. Sure has. Just a grand old time. Uh, Sparky and Hilda, what have you been up to? Well,
4: you know, Sparky has respected the fact that Kike got a private letter from death.
0: Yeah.
4: Uh, This is slowly killing Sparky (laughs) inside, but she's doing it. Kike is just like knows death. That's fine. That's cool. That's awesome. She's probably asked like a couple questions about it. How can you not? But it certainly has not been the forced interview that it would have
3: been in the past.
4: <laughs> and like, so like, how would you meet? And if Kike like, like, uh, eh, eh, if he dodges the question, she's like, go read my magazines or look for her socks because those keep going missing. Where are her socks? That is the heist board for this season. That is my mystery tracker. Where are my socks? I cannot find them.
0: What's the first thing you do to investigate your socks?
4: To investigate my socks? Well, first of all, I check all around the junkyard. Cause like, did I throw them away by just going outside? Cause I do that sometimes. If I have to throw something away, I just go outside instead of using a trash can, <laughs> cause it's the junkyard. So I'm so I so I did like a light dumpster dive as a treat, looking for my own socks. Ew. Well, she wore gloves. It's fine. <laughs> she wears gloves when she dumpster dives. And you found lots of socks. But not my socks.
0: But not your socks, no. Not
4: my black socks.
0: Your tracker gets filled by one. I wanna note, unlike last time where the mystery tied in with the arc, this one is gonna be just a, when it finishes, it finishes. So it's not gonna be as- I respect it. Could be over multiple arcs. It could be done in two weeks. I just can't
4: wait to find out where my socks are. Yeah. Let me just, okay. They're not
0: in the yard. You haven't, they're not in the trash yard. They're not in the yard. You also have your true wild card. So I want you to roll that and tell me what your stats are and how you're feeling.
4: Oh, right. So, uh, you know, my heart's not good. My heart's at a negative one. That's probably because I'm still mad about Lucas Bang and (laughs) how I kind of saw him. And then I ran away from J. Cal and it's all really confusing. And then some bozos called me a an milf and that's also <laughs> confusing uh and it's just like a lot going on so she would rather focus on socks uh books that was plus two she's been reading a lot of magazines <laughs> <laughs> and then fierce and slick are both nada they're both zero so there's nothing going on that's relevant to either of those things she's just trucking the way that she does
0: heartbroken reading magazines
4: heartbroken reading magazines looking for her socks This is is her life Things are going well for Sparky Malarkey. (laughs) And the worst part is that she's doing better than she was in the first (laughs)
0: season Alright, and then finally, what's, what's Hilda been up to in the past time? Hilda has spent the summer
3: mostly reading books that are way too difficult for her she has been trying to chip away at all sorts of books on politics and law and order and power and bouncing off a lot of them, but slowly chipping away. She's been acquiring like a weird to-do list of things to return to and just like page numbers left off on, and some of them scratched out as she like goes somewhere else in a book anyway. And between that, has been indulging the latest thing she is fixated on, which is Clown Hema, spelled H-E-M-A, which is essentially like historical fencing. More more weapon types, I think, than like traditional fencing clubs usually will be. But because this is Clown, it's with balloon swords. <laughs> In particular... Hilda has gotten her hands on what I think is pronounced correctly in Polish as a Chupaga.
0: Editing Kyle here, Tom sent me a message later on saying that the pronunciation might be closer to Chupa with a silent G. Personally, when I looked it up, it was either Chupaga or chupaga. I don't know if that's T-S or just S, because when I tried to argue that soi and soi were different, everyone insisted that they sounded the fucking same. In any case... On Wikipedia, you can
3: find it as the shepherd's axe, but it's essentially, like, got a long handle, a really small axe head. It's flat on the top, and it's got a little spike. But of course, this is a balloon version of that weapon. Okay. And it's just, like, it's a folk weapon for, like, peasants and shepherds, like, a walking stick plus handy tool plus occasional self-defense thing. And it can be used in fencing. And Hilda has become very fixated on this idea, and so has been slowly learning this from videos online, mostly.
0: Now, important thing about a Chupaga, can you joust with it?
3: <laughs> In a pinch, I suppose so. Like, if this were real, real jousting, no, absolutely not. <laughs> but if we are riding on toy horses that are just those poles, I mean, probably. I can't imagine the kids have longer sticks with this.
0: See, official responses like that are why they had to make an underground jousting club. Because their answer is yes. Uh, Okay, so... (laughs) You nerd! (laughs) We return to the school day. We see the bus with its ectoplasm is like a foot further down, and it's like starting to melt into its own ectoplasm from the heat as someone just like, our right, children go 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 and the children just run out of the bus and you have a school day it is the first day of eighth grade because it's uh it's been a year so hilda is 13 irene is 12 they're both in eighth grade for the sake of time i think i'm gonna blow through the school day is there anything either of you want to share big that happened the only thing i can think of is like a Persona moment
3: where (laughs) someone was asked a random question in the middle of class we could not possibly have known the answer to, and everyone decided they would judge whoever was answering based on whether or not they got it right, despite nobody else in the class knowing it either.
0: Booker pops out of your backpack to make a snarky comment (laughs) after you get it wrong. (laughs) Uh, We'll say, Irene, you're sitting there in class. And at one point, the exhausted intermortal relations teacher in front of the class says, let me, let me think of the question.
3: Yeah, give us, use this as an opportunity to give us some lore, just like the game would.
0: Give you some, give you some lore. Let me look at my lore quickly. I was like, finally, an opportunity to introduce some of my lore. (sighs) Ugh. All right, class. So, you know, each morning when we say the pledge, uh, we say a section that says one people under the powers that be. New kid. And she points to some girl in the back with big glasses. Tell me what that refers to. And the girl pipes up and says, that section of the pledge refers to the fact that all matters in the here, the hereafter, and the afterworlds are governed by the Bureau of Mortal Enforcement. And at the top of the Bureau of Mortal Enforcement, as the ineffable driving force behind it, are the mysterious powers that be. And everyone starts murmuring like really like, oh, oh wow, that's so cool. As this girl looks down at like the little space underneath her desk and does, like, some excited talking to it. Please, I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> it's after school now. The halls are actually a little more crowded because you've got kids from other grades in the other schools all meeting at Valley Public Middle School. The sock ball team, for example, would be out on the fields. The Necromond dueling club would be in the recently re-renamed Valley Public Schools Gymnasium that used to be the bandit gymnasium. (laughs) But instead, because of the heat, they're all inside with you. Hilda, take a GM intrusion. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Who do you give the other point to?
3: I'm giving the point to Irene.
0: Okay, so it's the end of the school day. We'll say that you met up with Walnut and Freddy. Yeah. Walnut's like, yeah, I'm so excited. So I got new tactics this year and... And they look at you, Hilda. And the excitement drains from their face and they're like, don't don't worry about it. Well, I, I'm gonna do the Sockball team this year. I'm really excited about it. Uh, I, I I, was told during my summer camp that I'm good at keeping my eye on the ball. So I'm gonna keep doing that. <laughs> what are you gonna do, Hilda?
3: Oh, um, I was just kind of thinking Maybe trying out the fencing club this year. That's a that's a new thing.
0: I don't know. Oh, oh, f- fancy. I, I mean, that's that's a kind of well, I'm I'm sure you'll be great at it.
3: Um, thanks. If you want, we can we can talk more about your new Necromon tactics. It's still really exciting stuff. Um, have you have you brought in any new types or new moves to to round out what you were doing? And and Hilda is just, like, feeling the discomfort increase.
0: <laughs> I'm going to pull my hard move here that I've been sharing about Walnut being pissy. Excellent. Dave's just going to look at you. Nothing ultra. <laughs> and the bell rings. And they perk up. All right, I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go. I'll see you later, Freddy. And they bolts off. Were we standing or sitting during this scene? Probably, st- I would say probably standing by your
3: lockers. Hilda will just sort of, like, shrink down to the ground. Just crouch
0: there for a little bit. And as you crouch, you feel a shadow over you. Hilda Miskevich, Mm. I have something to ask of you. Oh, no. You turn around and you see the vice principal, (laughs) Seth (laughs) Keyhole. He is an older man with a green goatee. And I'm going to say, I'm going to say a green wallet. Yeah, why not? He looks a lot older and more formal and stuffy than he tries to be. He tries to be approachable. It doesn't work. Although it's hard to blame him for that. Vice President Keyhole is an undying. Someone who dodged death so aggressively, they became one of the dead without actually dying. So even among the dead, Keyhole is considered stuffy and out of touch. And he just looks down at you. With a notepad in his hand. Um, hello. Hello.
3: How has your first day of school gone? Um, pretty normal, I guess. That's why I'm down here by the floor. <laughs> it's, it's cooler down here.
0: Ah, yes, the heat. We are working on that. If you want, you could go into the school computer. Le- and he looks at his notes. Actually, no, it could not be there. Hilda! And he just slaps his book shut. I have heard that you have had an interest in jousting. Is that correct? Uh, well, I mean, not so much jousting per se.
3: It's interesting, but I don't know if the speed of moving at people really appeals to me. I've been practicing with um, a balloon folk weapon and just sort of like pulls out the uninflated balloon and just blows into it, ties it off.
0: Ah, yes. Quite a peculiar weapon, as the lack of motion is a peculiar and in some ways unauthorized form of jousting. (laughs) I'm not sure I follow that, sir. What? Hilda, would you consider yourself a good student? Honorable? Just? I I think so, yes. Well, like everyone else, I saw your behavior at that trial of our other student, Miss Irene Hawthorne, where you successfully uprooted injustice. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I would like you to do that again. Mm Mm-hmm. What? You see, Hilda, our school has an, and he just starts flipping through pages, alarming amount of extraordinarily violent after-school activities. But one sticks out above, or should I say under, the rest. (laughs) Do you follow Miss Miskevich? I'm not sure that I do, sir. I have heard tale over the winds that there is an, shall we say, illicit jousting club at our school. Do not mistake it for the very formalized and safe official jousting club at our school. No this one follows no leaders and no rules besides the last one standing survives. Now I have tried to unearth this fiendish club but have had no such trouble myself. However, with a honorable student that has a bit of a, shall I say, dangerous streak, well, I feel like I could finally uncover this mystery.
3: Hilda is doing that meme of, like, raising up a finger and then stopping and making, like, an increasingly distressed face and just sort of says, Um, are they actually bothering or hurting anyone?
0: (laughs) So anyways, your task... (laughs) <laughs> as i understand your identity has shifted from a Necromon trainer into the identity of a master sleuth so i imagine that you could figure this out and huh? i will uh I, I i say that only to say that uh, i would i would be in your debt and both eyes blink and both eyes blink again and he like Lifts up his finger and very gently just, like, presses on one eye to close it. <laughs> do you get my drift? Uh, n- n- no, I don't think so, but what, what do you actually want me to do? I simply need a report on what this illicit organization is doing. Say three to five pages, double space. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's
3: fine. Um, What, what if it doesn't exist? What if
0: that's the report? He looks dead faced. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. <laughs> this is not a laughing matter. <laughs> <laughs> and he leaves. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hilda's lying on the floor now. <laughs> Sparky and KK. Yeah. I want to use paint the scene right now. And I want everyone to describe one detail about how this room has been repurposed into a makeshift soccer field. It
1: has very bright colors, like
4: pastel colors.
0: You're in a kindergarten
3: room. Can the kindergartners have vuvuzelas?
4: <laughs> yes. Um, We used chalk or Sharpie, whichever one is worse. To draw like the soccer lines that are on a soccer field on the floor of the classroom. Clearly,
0: Sharpie is worse than Chalk. It's a Sharpie. All the fun texture of chalk, all the permanence of a Sharpie.
4: All the permanence and (laughs) pungency of a Sharpie. If anybody asks, Frank is going to be like, oh, that was there. That was already
0: there. All right. And then what's the last detail, Emily? The goals have
2: been created by very elaborately stacking chairs in various formations. But then the problem is that as soon as
0: anything hits those chairs, they're going to fall so you have the kindergartners then you have some like eighth grade kids and in front of them having recently reassembled one of the chairs you have of all people sparky malarkey and aurelio enrique ueso kanaka how did you two become the coaches of the sockball team a better question i suppose i should ask is why are
4: my socks in this kindergarten
0: classroom Roll me, understand. Why? (laughs) Why? (laughs) My mind blanked, and that was the only thing I could
4: think of. (laughs) I got double ones again. Kneecaps. That's two kneecaps, which is actually four kneecaps. That's four ones that I have rolled this night. So, no. Okay, no.
0: But they could be.
4: (laughs) I I feel like Sparky was, like, prowling non-maliciously around the school grounds looking for her socks.
0: Like, were you just caught by one of the admins while prowling around in a mascot suit?
4: Okay, so, yes. (laughs) So, I was thinking that, like, no one goes to Sparky for things. So this feels like, ah, I need a coach and I don't want to pay anybody. But you know what? I know Sparky Malarkey stole this mascot costume, so I will just let her have it and not make a big deal out of this, even though I could, if you agree to coach the sockball team. And she was like, lucky for you, I've been reading sockball magazines day and night.
0: You say while wearing the school aid man outfit. While
4: wearing the school aid man outfit. I'm like fully wearing it when he's like, hey, I know you stole this. Sparky's like, what are you talking about? The
0: mascot costume of Valley Public Schools.
4: Correct. Yeah.
0: Okay. uh, So that's how Sparky got recruited. That's how Sparky got recruited. What is Kike doing here? Why, Why is Kike here? I have no idea. How about this? Ariel is not part of the team. Ariel runs the Necromon Dueling Club in place of Mr. Jimothy, but this would give Kike more access to the schools with which he can sleuth.
1: Okay, I like that. That and this, Sparky being there.
0: Okay. Well, you're not sleuthing now. Right now, you are staring down a bunch of 8th graders who are just looking up at you, <laughs> very sweaty with the fans blasting on them.
1: I mean, he probably would have been explaining the really complicated rules of what constitutes an offside versus not, and listing all of these examples that they have to, like, keep track of for, you know, not doing a thing, not faking an injury (laughs) when
4: the other team is winning, things like that. He's explaining this while in the background, all you hear is like, screech, and Sparky, like, constructs these soccer balls out of the chairs.
0: Yeah, we get it, we get it. Your sport has all sorts of convoluted rules, but as us equestrians say, let's get straight to the action. This eighth grader in like jean shorts and like a cowgirl outfit says while glaring at you.
1: Before you get into the action, you have to understand the intricacies of the sport because otherwise you're just kicking a ball and that is the thing that happens in many other sports. Like American soccer ball, which is not the same as just soccer ball. It's a different thing.
0: Well, it doesn't happen in uh, horse racing or dueling, so not that many sports.
1: I mean, I don't, I don't really follow the horse riding, but I guess if you have one of those ball necromons like I assume they exist there's one that's a book I assume there's one that's a ball so you can throw one as a ball in a necromon duel
0: this girl's eyes narrow and glare at the mention of a book (laughs) and in front of her a little zombie hand appears and oh oh one second one second and the square zombie boy who's fully decked out already in his uniform and says Now, uh, Mr. Uh, Kanaka, could you go over the rules just one more time? Maybe with like some sort of visual demonstration. I just want to make sure I really understand the rules before I get into the action.
1: Well, the first thing you don't do and then he's gonna grab one of the balls that Sparky made from Sparky's hands and then (laughs) slap it with his hand and punt it into a makeshift goal. And he'll be like, this is the, the first thing you don't do is slap this with your hand and put it in a goal. That's a thing that happened one time, but it is a thing that is not supposed to happen. T.K., I just built that. Well, you can build another one, Sparky. Then she goes back to fix it again.
0: (laughs) I see, I see. Can I slap it and not put it in the goal?
1: If you haven't, as Sparky is right now, standing in the goal section, if you happen to be the goal (laughs) E, I will demonstrate and I will punt into Sparky without (laughs) any...
0: I I want you to roll take action. No, I want you to both roll keep your cool. Switching out
1: the dice. I rolled a 12, but it wasn't, not, it was like a 10 and then plus two.
0: Okay, okay. Are you
1: kidding me? Seven.
0: Yeah, Sparky just, do you jump the other way, Sparky, or do you just miss? Um,
4: I jump the other way. I just do. Sparky does a spectacular dive. I do a spectacular dive. It's really
1: good. <laughs> see, Coach Malarkey here has the, say, the, the the idea. Thank you, Coach Malarkey over here. That is the second thing you don't do on this sport. If you see a ball coming your way and you're the goalie, you jump in the direction of the ball. You don't jump to the opposite side of the ball.
4: That's right. I did that on purpose to show you what not to do.
1: Yeah, just your sure dip, Sparky. I am, I am, I, I feel like we 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 this this might work, maybe.
0: <laughs> Roll me uh take action, Sparky. Six. Take an AP. Yay! A ball whizzes right past you into Push. the net. No! And you see this cowgirl who is a transfer student named Katrina Collectum. Freaking Katrina Collectum! <laughs> looking at you and then looking at Kiki and says, Doesn't seem that hard to me.
1: Well, that's because Coach Malarkey was exemplifying what it is to have a bad goalie on the goal. But once you have a good goalie, it's harder to do what you did. However, that was a really nice kick. So everybody take note. Oh, well. Yeah.
0: Why, thank you. Your compliment almost got me to forget my insult. Which is, can't you show how to be a good goalie?
1: Uh I can show how to be a good goalie.
0: Oh, <laughs>
4: Oh, Sparky will just like do a little like can she be a good goalie like mimic and she will step out of the net chairs and then uh, she's gonna set the ball right in front of Katrina Collectum and say try it with Coach Kanaka Kike
0: get in there Katrina gets ready she looks at you in the eyes
4: Kike
1: looks at her does this this thing they do where they just jump one
4: side and the other while crouching The western duel music plays in the
0: background. She puts her hand dramatically on her hip, shoots the hip out, shoots her leg back, kicks, and I need you to roll take action or keep your cool.
1: That was a
4: nine. Oh, thank God.
0: Okay, a mixed success. So you're sloppy, you're loud, or you're slow.
4: Loud.
0: (laughs) You just break the chair net again. (laughs) Yes. You block it, and it's so cool. Oh Yes! And then the chairs behind you fall down. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, this is just because, obviously, standard goals are not made of chairs, which is why this one fell down, and that's why they usually have a net. And and this is not not on you, Coach Malarkey, that is just the, the equipment we have on this. There's only so much I can do. Yes, yes, that is correct, and you're doing a great job. Anyways,
0: Katrina is doing the mouth motion and says, a bad equestrian blames their horse.
4: (laughs) What does that even mean? Are you a bad equestrian? Is that you? Are you an equestrian? I couldn't tell. Do you like horses? Are you in the equestrian club? Why aren't you with your horse right now? Why are you in (laughs) sockball?
1: Anyways, that is how you (laughs) are.
0: a good bully. (laughs) Trina walks over someplace. She pulls out a little wooden stick. Oh no, with a horse head on it. No! <laughs> and she tosses it to you. To me? Uh yeah.
4: To Sparky Beer Beekee. To Sparky
0: Kike? Yeah. To Sparky yeah. Beer Beekee. What? She throws one to you and she throws one to Kike. She had two. She had two in her bag, just like ready to go. Oh. There's more than two. <laughs> you notice that she's pulling out a lot, and Freddy's like, oh, is this is this part of the sport? No, this is not this part is of sport.
1: The only things allowed to be thrown are balls, not sticks.
4: And only by the goalie. And offsides, and when you're throwing it back in after the penalty line. What, what, why, why? Good job, Sparky.
0: Thumbs up. I wager we can make this thing a whole lot more interesting. What are you talking?
4: If you were like, if you had a horse and you were holding like a weapon or something, that makes sense. But you can't, you can't kick and ride the stick horse at the same time. Sockball is already the most interesting sport. You can't really improve on it.
1: Oh, yes, yes. He's going to do a fist bump to Sparky as she says that.
0: Why don't you prove it?
4: What? Prove
0: that sockball's interesting? You two and all of your regular sockball stuff. And she starts handing out little horse heads to the other students versus the stampede. Is she, like, proselytizing for jousting during our sockball practice? Please, please. In my area, we call it joustball. <laughs> or at least we will when we win.
4: Okay, but if you win, that doesn't change the infrastructure of the sockball club. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure this is just... You can't change. Can they change the soccer ball club? Turning to Kike. Well, what if you know this is not on the
1: actual uh, standard balls, but because you know this can be a, a new and exciting idea, we paint the balls with horses. So then you still have some horse thematic, but it's still soccer
0: as it should be. Roll me, convince somebody with I don't even know what's. St- I'm going to say heart, you're going to try to convince these kids that, yeah, no, a horse is def- a horse on the ball, that's definitely the right <laughs> option.
1: No, that's a, that's a three. <laughs> Take an AP. I have taken an AP.
0: They're not convinced. They're starting to get riled. And they're like, oh, no, no, actual horses sounds cool. Actual horses sound really cool. And Katrina looks at you and winks and says, oh, we'll certainly accept that if you win a match. Irene, We're only a 1D6. 1. You are not in the, uh, you're not in the computer lab. Unfortunately, the coding club got that for some reason. It's almost like they need computers. <laughs> We'll say you're in the you're in the cafeteria right beneath a neon sign for gogur <laughs> the kids are rustling around they're working on stuff walnut as usual is taking in forms they gives you the stink eye a couple of times I give it back what's up with that before going back to working on forms what's Irene doing as she preps for the duel I feel like she
2: is directing all her necromon in, like, little synchronized movements or something to all get in the groove together.
0: You're synchronized. You're in it. You're in this motion. And as you're doing that, you get startled by a voice. Wow, that's so cool. Is that one of your, like, attack moves or something?
2: Irene slowly turns on her heel. Unsmiling. No.
0: Oh. Well, it's cool though. Thank you, yes. You turn and you see the girl from earlier. This girl is very small with a round face, a cute wide nose like a button mushroom mahogany brown skin and dimples when she smiles which is all the time just a big old grin on her face she has large doe-like eyes that are further exaggerated by large glasses and she's dressed athletically in a short skirt leggings and knee pads she has a baseball cap on the top of her head and her beautiful dark brown coily hair pokes out of the back of the baseball cap like a marigold And she has a messenger bag on her shoulder, which she readjusts before just looking at you smiling. Okay. (laughs) Oh, oh, sorry. Um, hi. And she extends her hand. My name is Juniper.
2: Irene very slowly and stiffly holds out her hand and
0: (laughs) doesn't bend her fingers. Uh, your hand, you get a very firm handshake, class, and she shakes her hand. She says, well, it's so nice to meet you. Ah. Irene looks down at their hands and still doesn't say anything. (laughs) And then slowly pulls her hand back. Oh, that's okay. I guess I'll know your name when you uh, do do the-
2: It's I- She stares down at the ground just for a second in confusion. My name is Irene, and I am a great Necromon trainer.
0: I will see you on the court. And she turns around with her <laughs> shoulders hiked up to her ears. Okay, cool. I'll I'll, I'll see you. You can't see, but she's doing the dancing the Necromon did. I'll I'll see you then. Irene does not turn around. An eternity passes, Irene. <laughs> so long. Irene doesn't want to talk about it, but. It's interesting because it's not just your emotions. It actually is taking a long time, like a really long time. You hear a little tap on the mic and you turn over and it's not Ariel. Something's wrong. It is a man, Mr. Jimothy, the seventh grade English teacher, just hunched over breathing. Is like, well, well, hey there. Uh, hey there, kiddos. We, um... It's your uh, it's your faculty uh, representative, Mr. Jimothy. Uh, Ariel could not make it today, so uh, I'm gonna host uh, tryouts. And a murmur goes through the crowd. So um, I have Ariel's notes here, and they say that in order for tryouts, students need to uh, duel. His uh, brow furrows. Oh, that that seems a bit mean.
2: Students always duel. Me.
0: Right, yes. Students duel the strongest Necromon trainer that we have, which is uh, in my notes it says a green Hawthorne, and it also but I I see two names here. Do you duel in pairs?
2: No. There shouldn't be any other name under strongest Necromon trainer.
0: Oh I got it. I you're you 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 you're one, you got four names, right? That that's it's one name with uh Irene grabs the papers. I want you to roll, take action. Seven. You rip it out, and I'm gonna say, you just see a last name that says breeze, B-R-E-S. But that's, that's all you get. And he says, well, I mean, there's three names here now, but there were four, which divided by two is, how do we solve this conundrum?
2: Don't you teach math?
0: No, I teach English.
2: <laughs> oh, I never paid attention. <laughs> It's hard when you know everything.
0: Mr. Jimothy looks hurt, and from a crowd, you hear a voice Walnut say, Duel! Let's have a duel! And the kids start chanting, duel, 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 duel.
2: Irene steps up, just assuming that it's going to be her versus someone, and stands with her feet apart, raises her hand into the air with one finger
0: pointed. Who will duel me? I'll do it! I'll do it! Walnut, no, your name isn't on the list. And Walnut's hand just goes back down. (laughs) Oh, Walnut. (laughs) Walnut. Oh, Walnut. And he says, no, it's uh, the other opponent must be not familiar with this name. And already on the other side of the stage, the cute girl that was talking to you is standing there, and she says, oh, well, that must be me then. She looks at you with a big, earnest smile, raises an open palm in the air, and declares, Hi, my name is Juniper Breeze. This is going to be a fun duel. Irene, who had been swinging her hand down to
2: point, slowly brings her hand down and scrunches it back up. Fine. Fine.
0: Does TK scheme? Does he plan?
1: He, yeah. I mean, you know, he
4: gave Sparky permission to like sleuth. Oh yes, Sparky's gonna take that as permission for anything relatively adjacent, and I feel like this. Oh no, <laughs> relatively adjacent. <laughs> well, not in like not in like a way that old Sparky would have, but like, hey, I feel like off screen she would have confirmed with TK in a way that wasn't actually saying the words, "Hey, do you want me to come?" She'd be like, "So, uh." big college visit at Scullyard and I was thinking of going to the place <laughs> next to Scullyard just for fun and then I imagine Kike would have some sort of like
1: yeah he would be like ah, oh, yeah there, there's some cool magazines and <laughs> things to read yeah. right next to it so you know you would be fine there reading behind a magazine while maybe walking in the vicinity of the
4: university it is a beautiful campus.
1: It is, yeah, yeah, for sure. So, you know, if you wanna you wanna just walk around there, you know, it's a free it's a free area. So it is a free area. You've got you've got that point. I am legally allowed to be there. Surprisingly, that's one of the few places
4: <laughs> I think you're legally allowed to be. I know! Another coincidence! <laughs> <laughs> Look at that! How is that working out?
3: Before I say that, I feel like I need to note that sparky malarkey throws away her trash by going out into the junkyard and just tossing yeah. it out there <laughs> but, like a junkyard isn't the same as a garbage dump so it's like do you do you throw like organic garbage away like food and banana peels and stuff out there no
4: she has a regular garbage can for that but if she has to get rid of like socks with a hole in them okay she just goes outside and does that
3: I was just worried for a moment about Sparky.
4: She's not She's <laughs> she not just, just like like throwing spoiled milk out of the yard too. or anything like that, but she is like, ah, my weird machine broke. There it goes over there.
3: I mean, it could be a little compost heap out there.
4: She's cool enough to have a compost heap. She is. She, she has is. a
3: compost heap now. You, you could be doing a little bit of
0: homesteading in the junkyard. Not with any living plants in it, though. She's tried. No, she
4: just like, she's, you know... I'm going to make that a goal. Get the compost heap to work. That's on, my, <laughs> that's on my list.
0: The person in the front says, all right, well, I got another question for you. Hey, new kid. And she points to some girl in the back with big glasses and says, what makes a demon a demon? And the girl pipes up and says, a demon comes about when someone went down in flames. They have horns, the length of which represents their sin in both life and death. Big J. Cal's horns are very short. He has very short horns. He's a good boy. Uh, Neither sexy nor evil sin. Incorrect answer. Incorrect. How did you two become the coaches of the sockball team?
4: Listen, Sparky's been reading a lot of magazines. (laughs) Some of those were sockball magazines. This makes her qualified, or at least more qualified, than anybody else they could have found. Uh, Kike probably has, like, some sort of secret skill, knowledge, story, life experience with Sockball.
1: I mean, yeah, he's... <laughs> well, I mean, his life, his, like, culture
4: is very Sockball. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. I'm so proud of her. I can't believe you made me loathe <laughs> Katrina Collective. My own brainchild. We'll be like, okay, if you win, you get your horse gate, you get your silly little horse game. Yes. But what we're hoping is that Katrina's, like, ball is the friends I found along the way. I like that. Okay. We're gonna give her just, like, such a pure middle school sports experience. Like when, uh, like when Archie in Riverdale... <sighs> told everybody who was in jail for drugs that they haven't experienced the high of high school football.
3: The highs and lows of high school. The highs and lows
4: of high school football. And then uh, they played a match and everybody was friends. Oh my god. It's like that. It's It's like that, but with children. Also, just as a backup, Sparky will suggest, well, we could just change our team name to the horses. Like, will that work for everybody? We can have our mascot be a horse with a stick. Like, not a stick horse, like a horse with a stick. Actually, yeah, our mascot is now a stick horse. Like, not a real horse, a stick horse. And I would like to change my mascot from the school aid Man to a stick horse in response. Sticky the stick horse.
3: This is a very
0: drastic <laughs> response. <laughs>